Let's do it. Let's do it. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. Let's do like you, four minutes of quick updates. How about, and then we'll get into it. Um, how about I just go into this? We the t-shirt thing is happening now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, this is part of a quick update. That's a quick update. To, yeah, that's a quick update. Um, to make a long story short, these are only going to be available for two weeks. You have to order them now because they're just going to do one run of these shirts. Um. It's through a website, which is on the internet. Um, you have to go to the internet. So you have to go to the internet. I'll put the the link in the description of the podcast, also sometimes referred to on podcasts as the show notes. Mm. And you can go to them. We've already reached our goal. We had to sell at least 12 minimum for them to even make the shirts. And okay. uh, last night, I just posted it on Twitter and Facebook, and we're already at the 12. So we're good on that. And actually, I want to maybe you guys' input on this. Because we reached our goal already, at certain benchmarks, they give you codes for a free shirt to give mm. away. So, oh, cool. I don't know if we could uh, figure out some kind of way for people to submit essays or competition um, manifestos, yeah, video, poems, videos, or yeah, poems. Wait, I'm, so is the assumption there that, like, if I want a free T-shirt, I can I enter this competition? Yeah, yeah, I suppose you, you guys are eligible. Yes. I just sent you the link for the shirt so you can see what it looks like. Have you guys ever seen the design my brother Ethan no. made? Check it out. It's on, it should right, be on your text. Check this out. Oh, that is perfect. So, come on, come all. Get one out. And don't, in two weeks... Say, hey, you guys still got those t-shirts? Where? How come the t-shirt? I can't buy the t-shirt. You have two weeks. And so if Wouldn't you know somebody who is a sometimes listener or is like on the back catalog re-listening to stuff from 2015, mm. tell, them, <laughs> tell them like you do not want to listen to this in like April of 2020. Right. Be like, where are the t-shirts? Whoa. Oh, like a year ago. That was only just for two weeks. Right. You can get a sweatshirt? Yeah, you can get a hoodie. What? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Is and the color these... I'm seeing the only color option? Other... There's black, and then there's this kind of grayish black. Oh, dude, wow. this is so cool looking. I love it. I bought two, which is why we're at the twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I actually bought thirteen. So. <laughs> so yeah, what I have this code to give away to somebody for a free shirt. What what should we like? Just have people email us and. If you, Ooh, make me, if you make me laugh, the first font come, first serve, I'll give you the code. I don't know. Well, what was our last competition? You we were at like so many views. Submit an audio uh, thing of how we basically changed your life <laughs> 180 yeah. degrees. And yeah, and uh, some participants received a signed photo of the oh, three of us, right. yeah. which right. I still have extras of, by the way. Are they signed? <laughs> And and then I did a painting. I did it was an original painting of the logo that we all signed. I must say the t shirt's cooler than both of those things. 
Are you kidding me? How dare me? you? How dare you? You still have First extras of the, of the glossies? Did you? Did we sign those? Or are they ready to go yeah, out? Yeah, to... they're all signed, man. They're going to be worth wow. billions someday. Man. <laughs> that's such an absurd thing to say, but that's yeah, okay. But it's true. But it probably is. Mm-hmm. It probably is. Wow. Yeah, those, those t-shirts are very cool. Yeah. I had another thing I wanted to mention, but now I'm forgetting. Do you guys have a quick update? Hmm. Oh, I can I can just fill you in on stuff later. All good. <laughs> oh, All you're good. saying a quick update, wink, wink. Yeah. I read you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, no, I mean, and nothing, and nothing big. I was just sometimes no, I, we do quick updates like before we cast. I didn't. I didn't mean like people don't know that, and we're going to use this, so we shouldn't say that. It, that never happens. That <laughs> never happens. <laughs> Everything we ever say, we publish online. Why yes. would you say that, Connor? Like, why would you say that we do quick updates? <laughs> oh my gosh! Come on. Um, I, I turned in my entire thesis. Whoa! Congratulations, so, dude. It just has to go. Tom, well, one of the guys who works here on campus has to make sure the formatting is correct, and then I'll have to do like a couple of corrections, and then pay the business office, and it will be done. So, Ooh. is this like a re- you've already revised it and? gone through the rigmarole of like Natalie Jordan making sure your footnotes are right and all that well so so Tom does that now oh okay that's that's that's, that's your the, st- the kind of the step. final stage right here yeah but <clears throat> dude I seriously DMAC already absolutely ravaged my paper <laughs> um and so hold on can I just I'm so by the way can I just say I'm glad you said ravaged and not ravished because I've heard people mix that up, and they're two very different words, although they sound the same. Very, very I've different. heard people do the same with the word um, bargaining and bartering. Yes, that has always driven me crazy. Bartering, yeah. I, I learned early on, bartering is trading two things that aren't money. Yeah, trading goods. Yeah, and bargaining. Yeah, and then bargaining is... Like people going to the ag- car dealership and bartering. You're picturing them bringing like <laughs> corn or like an ox to trade for a car. Yeah. Hey. I've done that. Okay. Some, <laughs> well, yeah. Sometimes that does I have some sweet happen. potatoes. Can I have that Camaro? <laughs> <laughs> the potatoes got any okay, bugs so in it? DMAC has been my, he was my first reader, my thesis director, and he is awesome. And he's brilliant. And I, he's certainly a perfectionist. And so he's also the subject matter expert of what I was writing about. So there was nothing getting by him. And he's a super smart guy. Mm-hmm. And so every single page of my thesis just got absolutely destroyed. Mm. Like, just <laughs> bloody murder, dude. Like, I'm going to keep my first draft probably closer to my heart than my final draft. Because mm. it's just 90 pages of just savage editing. Um, but he did it. Like he helped me to write a really good paper and he taught me how to research, how to make an argument and how to support it. And so I'm very grateful for that. I I didn't know how to do that. But I took a picture of one of my favorite notes that he put. <laughs> and again, this is like there's nothing personal to this. This is just like cold hearted academic editing. OK, so here it is. Do you see how useless this sentence is? <laughs> it uses many words to say almost nothing. 
like thank you for that that oh, is man. uh precise and to the point sir yeah well, so i'm know, very happy read, to you, have you read so much bad Rick writing and, yeah uh, that it's nice to it's nice to know people out there teaching that kind of writing my mom used to do that to me when i was writing things in high school um which i was of course totally ungrateful for at the time but it formed me how i communicate now um yeah just going like why does this sen- why is this sentence in here why did you say it this way why why did you construct it in the most convoluted way possible because you're just you're not thinking about uh just communicating the point you're I don't know what you're thinking about when you're a kid writing. You're just like, okay, I got to get words on this page. And it's got to be this many pages long. And you just start saying stuff and an economy of words and what you're actually trying to communicate, putting yourself in the audience's shoes. Like, is this clear? Um, or is this just kind of digressing off into a different point? Those things are not automatically, even if you're good at talking, like sometimes you read people's writing and you're like, you don't talk like this. Why, why is this so unclear? Um, but even like someone who's, you know, like you, who's had a lot of years of writing and seminary and stuff like that, there's still, it's not a, a skill that's automatic. So do you see yeah. how useless this sentence is? <laughs> yeah. This is just an interesting conversation to be having, like just in regards to the last five years of what three dogs North is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, not writing. Yeah. It uh, it may make DMAC weep. <laughs> yeah, legitimately. Talk about using many words to say almost nothing. <laughs> That's exactly the line. I was like, that, oh, man. Yep. That may be like the most apt description <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> We've used many, many words. It's a very, very, very little. That's Jesus. the next T-shirt. What's the phrase again? The second sentence? How many words do you say almost almost nothing? Yeah. Do you see? How, yeah, you use many words to say almost nothing. You see how useless this dude. Is. It's crazy. And then he'll like make suggestions of sentences or like how you can phrase this better. And it's I don't know how he knows, but like all of his sentences are insanely smart sounding, mm-hmm. and they communicate what I'm trying to say in like this mix of garbage adjectives heavy sentence Mm -hmm. he just like precisely hits it right on the head Mm -hmm. so he's a smart dude man he's a smart dude he is yeah Yeah. you guys ever read strunk and white the elements of style it's kind of i don't know when it was written maybe the 50s or 60s classic kind of uh no i haven't read it it's a tiny little book you should read it at some point many people disagree with some of their foundational points but you know they're the kind of people that say never use the passive voice only use the many active people voice. in the academy you know don't <laughs> agree yeah but continue, continue. He'll, he'll say like don't use latinate verbs use the saxon ones like instead of intestines say guts like things that are more mm. more kind of um visceral more guttural guttural if you will to use oh, a saxon please. word but i feel like uh, dmac is a He's a shrunken white man, I would guess. Yes, that's one hundred percent correct. Mm. Yeah. He also uh, he did his PhD at Virginia too. Correct? Oh, who just so, won the national championship? Yeah, he did. So yeah. I was not able to secure 
um, Tony Bennett or any of the players this morning to be a silent guest, but I would like to extend the invite to any of them. (laughs) Virginia is Mr. Jefferson's university. Oh, I learned that from DMAC as well. I think Thomas Jefferson may have founded it. I don't know, but they all all call it Mr. Jefferson's university. So we have as a silent guest on the uh, podcast today, actually the ghost of Thomas Jefferson, which is very, is an honor. Oh, Wow, yeah. that's welcome. He was, he was he's wearing a, a jersey, a Virginia Cavaliers <laughs> jersey. <laughs> he's very deteriorated. <laughs> well, that's the nice thing about being a ghost is that you pretty much retain the same form you had when you were alive. Hey, that's awesome. But if we're on a time crunch here, speaking of a wordsmith. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> let's just... I just want to talk about it at least for a minute. I've been I've been on a big St. Augustine kick lately. Mm-hmm. And I'm no scholar of Augustine. I know you kind of quasi are, Connor. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know I kind of started... Well, it was just this weekend. I was preaching on the adulterous woman. And it was something that... I don't, I, maybe like I got it from Barron, maybe, that like Augustine talked about... Um, how Jesus, like he speculated that Jesus wrote the sins of the people in front of him in yeah. the dirt. And then I went and found, I, I listened to like some Jeff Cabin stuff and kind of got like, I, I don't, I mean, take it for what you will, but like what I felt like was a pretty modern, like reading kind of everything that goes into like just the depth of John, John eight to try to get at like, what was Jesus writing and how can we relate that to our lives, et cetera. And it just struck me that, like, Augustine was pretty dang on point a long time ago. Um, And that's, like, everything I read by him, it's just like, yeah, I'm not saying he's just, like, the only guy to read today, but he just had it, man. And he lived in, like, 400. Anyway, so I've been going back and reading, uh, like some of my notes from Barron's class on Augustine of like um, the city of God and the De Trinitate and how he like in a sense formulated the just like, like this, not the start, but like this profound like teaching on the, the Trinity and um, but like he just did it. I mean, at least from those notes, like just because he wanted to have something to tell people mm. Um so I've just been blown away by him. I don't have too much more on that, but talk about a good wordsmith and writer, right? Totally. I must say as a reader of the breviary every day, um, <laughs> yeah. sometimes I get a little tired of him, but like his commentary this morning, I think it was commentary on the Psalms. I don't know. He, he can be very, it's sort of like Paul's letters in this way. Or the readings from John, the gospel readings in the last few days, where you just kind of, it's almost like an algorithm wrote this. I don't get how you're talking right now. Like, I testify to myself and my father makes testimony to me. And if I had come from myself, then I wouldn't be testifying on my behalf, but the Lord will give me glory in the father. You're like, what are, what do those words mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've mm-hmm. used many words to say almost nothing. Um and I'm sure it's that because, is not the case. I know I'm, it's because I don't. Clear. It's because I don't we get don't it. We don't believe that about you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, okay, that's untrue. That's true. Thank you. I'll Thank cut you. That out. No, but you know what I mean. Like I don't. It's because I don't get how you're talking. And sometimes with Paul, I wonder. It's because a lot of this was meant to be read out loud. So that's probably why you repeat certain things over and uh, over and over again. Um, 
and Augustine, his sermons would have been read out loud. So that's, you know, like reading them. And if, who knows if he even wrote them down or if somebody like recorded them, like a lot of the stuff that he, he wrote, but yeah, Augustine is, he's the man I invoked him last night. I had to give an emergency talk, um, at St. John Cantius cause this group, young Catholic professionals, they had their, their speaker back out the day of, and, uh, my campus minister, Becca texted me in the morning who's part of this organization she's like um can you do a talk tonight at seven on pretty much anything <laughs> and i was like uh oh, let me think about that and uh i think their their thinking was well who can just like talk uh and not really prepare or have anything really to say probably a priest like they're used to that <laughs> um so anyway, I did it. I gave the talk, the talk on addiction and grace that I'd written for a couple of weeks ago. But just oh, nice, it. dude! See, that is why you prepare. Yeah, that is, that's what I'm talking about, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but Augustine, I, I felt like, you know, every time you give something, you talk or write something, it makes you think about it differently, uh, or you see like a different emphasis. I felt like the the main thing I tried to communicate was that. Our problem is not that we desire too much. I mean, that's a that's a big Augustinian idea that um, right. desire is not the problem. Like we, he desired all sorts of things very passionately. Um, the problem was his desire wasn't disciplined to be directed at the one good that could satisfy that desire. Um, and also with addiction, the idea that our desire is for something infinite, but our desire itself is not infinite. So it can be wasted. This was something from Marmion too. Like we have no right to squander our affections was a line he had regarding celibacy. Like if you, you know, when you're, when you want to retain your celibacy, you can't, you can't squander your affections on people and things. And you have to like devote that and discipline that love toward God and his people. Um, so yeah, I think that's really, helpful to me at least um because that's when you know when you kind of pour out your desire on the sand and let it just kind of you know like you go after things that you know you don't really want and you just settle for something less like youtube or whatever we talk about this ad nauseum but that's why you feel that kind of funk at the end because you you used up that desire that should have been pointed at god on something that isn't god and I feel like that's his, I don't know, that the heart of Augustine to me is that, you know, the restless heart. Story complete. Yeah. I feel bad. No, I didn't mean, I, I didn't mean to bot John and Jesus, like the, the words that, that, that came out wrong, but it's okay. Connor, I know what I meant. It's okay. A little okay. heresy is okay. Everybody <laughs> knows that. No, we've all been there. That's actually untrue. I told no. that to a lady no, one time. I was no. like, look, I was like, look, nobody's perfect. A little a little heresy is all right. And she was like, what? What, do I want poop in my brownies? And I was oh, like, what? what? Yeah, there you go. A little bit of raw sewage in the champagne. Never hurt anybody. Like, yeah, it kind of looks like it, but it's poop. It's not the brownie. Yeah. Like, that's a disturbing image, but uh, I get your point. Um, I was reading Peeper. So, well, yeah, we had... Uh, all right, I'm not going to put that story on the podcast. Dang it. It's a great story. Um, but it there was an event that made me go back to Peeper 
to try and figure out the virtues, specifically uh, what constitutes gluttony, what doesn't constitute gluttony, and what is actually <laughs> happening uh, when somebody is gluttonous. But but he Peeper's stuff is so good, and so I, I started reading on magnanimity, what uh, what makes a magnanimous soul, and he talks about it with uh, combined with humility. That magnanimity is not the antithesis of humility, but humility is actually the base upon which magnanimity stands. But he, he, he says something very similar that the magnanimous person isn't the person who just jumps at every single opportunity, but he's actually quite disciplined and knows like the end for what he's created for. So he constantly has the ability to direct all of his energy and force and love ultimately towards this one goal, towards this like in this one direction. And so it allows for the whole force of his being to be directed in the right way, um, which I thought was cool because, you know, I, magnanimity is a virtue that is attractive to me and it's something I'd like to strive for. And I find in my like ADD, ADHD soul that I love to jump at a bunch of stuff. And it's been cool writing this thesis because it has been in a lot of ways like a, a very practical, concrete sticking point in my life that I, I'm always coming back to. Um, and so it's like really geared all of my days in a lot of ways to like, I just want to work on this and I want to I do it well and I want to get it done. And it's really focused my energy in a way that I don't think I've ever, I've ever so completely done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, in a lot of ways I'm doing less things and yet like I feel like I'm pouring myself into th- the right direction, the, like the one thing um, more more than I ever have before. Um, now, of course, like that, that doesn't mean the paper is like taking the place of God there, but there's just been this mission, this objective that has really forced me to say no to a lot of other things so that I don't, like you're saying, like, just like scatter my desire all over the place because I need every ounce of energy <laughs> to sit down mm, yeah. and edit a footnote to make sure that it's five spaces like <laughs> off of the indent and not four <laughs> spaces or like I'm going to lose my mind. Like, <laughs> but that's exactly in this little way, like exactly where all my energy needed to be. Um, and I would try to s- side skirt it. Sometimes I would try to like, go and hang out in the group in the in the lounge and like socialize with people while I do it and the TV's on and I get distracted and like it's kind of a grace but I have no ability to multitask mm-hmm. and so then because I'm trying to do all these multiple things it would reflect in my work and so then I'd have to go back into my room and redo the work that I had al- already done thinking of my basketball coach who would say the lazy man works twice as hard because if you don't do it right the first time, you got to go back and do it again the second time. Oh, man, that's a good line. Yeah, that yeah. is a good line. So Dang, that's that's good, yeah. man. Yeah. No, yeah once again, congratulations, dude. That is a huge, huge thanks. deal. Yeah, good work, good work. But huh. I like that. I like that Marmion line a lot. Of like, you have no right to squander your affections. And then what you were talking about, Mike, of, um. I don't know, that's just really good, really good stuff. But I remember this, this was years ago. I think it was a Father Mike Schmitz homily. And he was just, he was talking about, 
I don't, I mean, I, I just kind of understood him to be talking about like what actual freedom is. And like, you know, sometimes we give exactly that. Like we give ourselves license to do things that may not be sinful, but just are like in no way big enough for our hearts or whatever you want to call it, or like a squandering of affections, I think is actually a pretty cool way to, to put it. But he, I, he just used a simple story of like when you're in the Easter octave, so it must have been like towards the end of Lent or something like that. Um, like how often, you know, do you just, you know, say, oh, well, it's a solemnity or it's like the octave, et cetera. So I'm going to go have like a donut and then I'm going to do this thing that I want to do. And then I'm going to do this thing that I want to do. And then I'm going to have six more donuts, you know, stuff like that, because it's like the solemnity. And he just he used the analogy of um, like that's just not big enough. You know, it's just that's missing kind of the whole the whole point. And if you think of something like a wedding or something like that and how much like preparation goes into it, um, like in order to make it beautiful and to actually like prepare well for it, like just seems to be such like a more worthwhile endeavor and to be actually something that like we're made for as opposed to just saying like, well, I want to celebrate. So I'm going to go do whatever I want. Hmm. And it, that's just not what like, it's kind of the same. Like, I mean, maybe in another way, like Peeper would say like, that's not festival, you know, that's not like a, yeah. a true way to live. But even though, gosh, I do that, you know, it's like, Oh, boom, celebrity or solemnity. Yeah. Six donuts. Here yeah, we go. <laughs> Exception. No, totally. And, we, and you know the feeling after that. You're like, oh, Lent was bad. Yeah. I was actually happier during Lent. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Longing, longing for this thing than I am actually having it. Isn't well, that a, a Shakespeare line? Like the, the sin is this thing. It's uh, beautiful until it's tasted and then it's ugly or something like that. Oh, I don't know. Something along those lines. Like it's. The uh, some other one, somebody else made the distinction like spiritual goods are those things where you, when you have them, they make you hu- more hungry for them. But uh, carnal goods, like once you have them, they become kind of distasteful to you. Um, mm. Like if you eat too much or drink too much or whatever. Yeah. What were you saying, Mike? I was going to say, it sounds like the like you're running this training for the marathon or your half marathon has been... Uh, I don't know, maybe like a helpful tool to kind of like, it sounds like you've been enjoying it quite a bit. You've had to put quite a bit of energy and, and focus into it. Yeah, no, I would say, um, and it's, it's not my singular focus in sure. like in what's going on, but it has provided like a good level of, of discipline in, I would say a couple ways of one, like I just came to the realization pretty quick, like, dang it. If I like I'm running this with other people and if I don't <laughs> actually train for this, like I'm not going to be able to do it. You know, I kind of had in my mind like oh, I could just I could probably just do it, you know, if I had to. Not the case. Other <laughs> thing uh, is like l- runs are long enough now like that there's always like a part in them that's terrible. But it's kind of, we've talked about this before, Mets. I think it might have been Bishop that told you this. But it's kind of like the mental discipline of like, but I've gone this far before, so I know I can get there. And like, yeah. once you're there, you can keep going from from there. So it served as this, because of that, because they actually are like long enough now that parts of them are like 
not very fun and you just kind of have to like gut it out in in a sense is that it really allows me to like uh i'd check out isn't the right word but like it's actually become like a big like de-stressor in my life because it's you know there's whatever like if there's stuff on your mind or heart and it's like oh man this is just kind of consuming me it's like okay well great like i have to go for my run anyway and it like necessitates me putting that stuff down for a while because if i keep thinking about it like i'll throw up on the run (laughs) or something (laughs) like that so in those two ways it's been like a very positive a positive thing but it very much comes from like i don't know like a greater freedom or whatever you want to call it but from discipline very much so yeah man we're all about discipline now it's crazy yeah. dude you know what's one of my hard discipline things i've been thinking about is um i'll have like we're talking about these things that keep us focused and goals and things like that or not frittering away your affections on other things when i'm most vulnerable to, to that happening to me is when there's something I really don't want to do Hmm. that I know I like in order to really be free to do other things that are more life giving and cool, um, that I can really pour myself into. I need to get these things out of the way, but it's almost like a a kink in the hose or some kind of clog in a pipe where I can't get through until this thing, but I don't want to do that thing. So then I do dumb things to, um, fill the time instead of doing like, Oh, well this needs to get done too. Like I need to do this email, like short term, really not important stuff. Um, and I just thought like, I hate that, you know, like there'll be something I need to review this thing or I need to write this talk, but I don't want to do that. Um, but if I would just do that instead of like waiting till two days before to do it, um, then I could be more free to like your thesis or a half marathon is a goal that's way down the line, but you need to be preparing and working on it for months and months and months beforehand. Um, but sometimes I just feel like I'm always just doing something for tomorrow. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. because I'm keep, cause I keep doing that, it's harder for me. I like, I have a, a few projects going like this, this album thing I've got almost done these six songs that I've been working on whenever I got some free time in the evenings. I still want to do that summer writing project, that thing through three dogs North, the, uh, summer survival guide. Yeah. Um, now Matt's maybe now that you're done with your thing, we can crush that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, you know, how do you pour your affections into something that's really worthwhile? You know, like be on, stay on mission. Like Baron always says, yeah. Stay on mission. Because it's when you are not on mission that that's when you're vulnerable to really squandering your affections in bad ways, you know? Gosh, that's true. Yeah. Maybe we need a life coach. <laughs> like, who will coach the life coaches? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's too deep. Helpful tool. You said that word, Mike, I think. I thought that'd be a good t-shirt too. Helpful tool? <laughs> that, was that going to be your nickname? 
Sometimes I take notes so I don't have to re-listen to this to get like tags and stuff. And I just <laughs> you said helpful tool. <laughs> you were talking. Yeah. Wrote that down. About what what was I talking about? I can't remember. You <laughs> said like this could be a helpful tool in doing blah blah blah. Then <laughs> 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 I pictured it on a t shirt. Uh, um, what should we do about these free t shirts? I don't wanna I don't wanna derail our, our conversation, but I'm thinking about that. Hmm. You can just send me the code and I'll just order it. <laughs> no, you guys I'm have okay to buy with... one. Dang it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll think about we, it. We do need to think of a competition, though. What would be good? What would be good? How about the person I mean, that thinks of the best competition? They get the free T-shirt. That's kind of But meta. what about the person that wins the best competition? Then or if is a it second just... free T-shirt, then we'll give them that. It... Mm. Yeah. Just email us and I might send you a... Maybe I'll just do first come, first serve. <laughs> what about what? What did, the last time we did a sound clip? Is that right? Yeah, like you had to. Yeah, Jennifer wanted that. You, that was when you had to mail the painting to Canada. Remember that? That's a classic oh, episode. Oh my gosh, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, I, I wonder if she that. still Dude, listens. What if we, what if we send? Yeah. What? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Are you out there? This space. podcast is being beamed via satellites. To <laughs> television sets all across the world. Hey, what if we did? I, I don't know if this is a. This may be a good idea. This may be a bad idea. Um, like the, if somebody sent in a photo of. Um, well, I don't know if we want to do photos. I, I don't know how they would like show support for Three North via photo, but. Well, if they have a sticker, maybe one of those little stickers we sent them. Or if they mm-hmm. speak. Because I'm thinking, like, we did the audio thing. Do we want to have like a visual thing? Should we just you know, send this sending... to our to to Michael in uh, in California? Actually, can we just say Michael won the T-shirt? <laughs> yeah, let's just send it to yeah, him, dude. Michael. If you're listening, send us an email so I can give you the uh, <laughs> give you the code. He just won. <laughs> <laughs> Michael just won. Congratulations, Michael. <laughs> Dang it, Michael! Honestly, I'm a little jealous. Beating <laughs> on this one. <laughs> if there's a second, if there's a second code, somebody sent us an idea for a contest, and we'll yeah, we'll do it. Do something creative. Mm-hmm. Or send, if y'all could just send it to another Michael, who happens to be a a podcaster. That's your nickname too, isn't it, Michael? Michael Metz. Yeah. Hey. This is a uh, this is a productivity hack that somebody told me last night at this after my talk. Life hack. You can uh, you can turn your phone to grayscale to make it less appealing to look at. What? Yeah, here. Do you have your you have your phone with you? Yeah. So go to settings. Let's see if I can remember this. It was just last night. Okay. Um, then general. Okay. Then accessibility. This is the part I'm going to forget. Display accommodations. Uh, okay. And then color filters. Okay. And then there's a little button there, like a toggle back and forth. Just hit that where it says color filters. Wow. People will do this for Lint, won't they? Oh, do they? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah it just came up like grayscale. That's it? That's all yeah, I go back idea. to your home screen. Let's see what it looks like. Wow, that's yeah, so, totally different. Right. Uh, in a certain way, 
Uh, some of it makes it harder to um, use your phone. Like good. Yeah. Like my calendar is all one color now because I, I normally have different colors for different kinds of events. But, mm. um, you know, there's a there's a little way to still have a smartphone but not have it be as fun to use. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's great. That's a life hack for you. Life hack. Hey, I did have an interesting thing on, um, I guess, the general discussion we were having before we got on the t-shirt tangent do y'all mind if we go back to it no i don't mind i don't mind i know we don't have a ton of time left but um something kind of bizarre happened when what i noticed happened in in writing the thesis is like um it was it was great in that it, it did all the things that i said that it did it helped me to focus it uh, it kind of focused all my attention. It necessitated that I like really direct my whole life to making sure that I'm staying disciplined so that I can do God's will in writing this paper. But then, <laughs> then I realized every time that I would go to prayer, I like couldn't stop thinking about it, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get it out of my mind, which I think is like sort of supposed to happen that you just start to think about it all the time, and it actually shapes a bit of your your brain and then you start to see the world um kind of through this through this lens of all the reading that you're doing like you're trying to integrate it into a full picture and so your mind is constantly gathering new information and kind of like running your experience through this new information that you have through this new knowledge that you have but i couldn't stop thinking about it so then i would go to prayer and be like you know what lord if this is what you want me to do I'm just going to pray about it. I'm going to pray about the thesis. And so then I would bring it into prayer and that was fruitful and it was good. But that was in like October. And what I realized in maybe February or March or something like that was I was going to prayer and kind of like using my relationship for God to help me write the thesis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so then the thesis, which was supposed to be like a thing to do as God's will, which is ultimately like hopefully leading me closer to the Lord. I got it flipped and was using the relationship for God, the relationship with the Lord to actually help me write the thesis. Hmm. And yeah, it was weird. Like I started, I know we, we talk about it a lot on the podcast, but like we're not trying to be superhumans. Hmm. Um, and I think I was like, I had that in my mind that that's what I was that's what I was striving for or at least that's how I was acting and and so it was like I was using using prayer time as a help for for this paper mm. instead of instead of really the other way around um which I've never had that before but it's such an odd thing because like relationship with the Lord is the end that's the good in and of itself right. like that's that's literally the end that we're all made for and i was using that as um a propellant into like working on my paper mm-hmm. um yeah you it made was the just means the end and the end the means yeah yeah it was an odd flip um <laughs> and i find sometimes i mean connor we've talked about this a little bit but that's a bit of a temptation for me and just in priesthood in general is like, Oh man, I got to pray really well so that I can give a great talk 
and then people, um, well, well, it'll be good for everybody, but then I'll give a good talk. Mm-hmm. But it's even there, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm turning prayer, which is meant to be festivity, like true leisure that this, it's this excess where you just kind of, um, spend time with the Lord, not necessarily to produce anything. I was using it as jet fuel for my heart and for my mind to, to produce something, which I don't think is always wrong, but like, that's the only thing I was using it for. Um, which is odd because it's like trying to use the Lord, uh, instead of just be with him. So that was, I, I'm trying to not do that now. And I don't know how to do that, but I'm just trying to like waste a bit more time with the Lord Hmm. instead of like constantly coming to him to produce, um, thoughts or, or writing and things like that. So yeah, I've never had that before though. Hmm. It was odd. Yeah. I've definitely experienced those things where you get preoccupied, borderline obsessed with, uh, a thing you're working on and then all of reality gets filtered through that lens. You know, like we preparing homilies and things like that. I, whenever I read anything, I'm always kind of on the hunt for content. Um, so yep. it can feel, it can feel a little bit like you're instrumentalizing everything, study, prayer, God, um, which is not the end of the world. I don't think, I think at some level, yeah, like a stand-up comedian is always looking for material. A preacher is always looking for material. Yeah. Marketing people are always looking at billboards and saying like, oh, you know, is that a good idea? Just depending on your job, that's just kind of the nature of the human mind. But to the men's means and ends question, it kind of reminds me of, um, well, two things, the addiction thing, Gerald May's book, he's like, God will never become an object of attachment for you, you know? Like we can be attached to these tasks or meeting expectations or pleasing people or, you know, people liking us or whatever we think we're getting out of doing a really good job on something. Um, and so we've kind of put God in this place. Where we're like, all right, well, I'm going to like try to let go of that. So I'll just pray to you instead and make you make me feel good or <clears throat> tell me I'm a good boy. Um, and sometimes he doesn't do that because he, he wants to be more than just, um, well, he must be everything it's, and certainly not reduced to a placeholder in our little addictive loop. Um, so sometimes it's always painful to let go of things, um, you know, especially projects that we've poured ourselves into. Um, but it also reminds me of C.S. Lewis's Grief Observed, where he talks about going to heaven and how often we think of heaven as like, oh, I get to be reunited with my wife and my cat and play golf and my, you know, my bones aren't going to hurt anymore. And like how we just kind of assume there's no suffering after death and uh, we're going to meet all of our loved ones on the further shore. It's kind of just all of our, all of our earthly hopes and dreams being fulfilled. And um, why that's so, why that ended up being so unconvincing to him was because of what you said. It basically just turns God into this butler who brings me everything I want, you know? Right. Um, and he, so he is, go ahead. yeah. Well, he's, it's like the Baron thing. Even there, he's just one thing among many. He's just like the ultimate right. w- thing. Like he can provide everything. You're like, well, it, but it's even more than that. Yeah. No, it's like what you actually want. It's the same thing with addiction. What you actually want is not those things. You're squandering your affections. What you actually want is God. And so 
the pain of losing everything in this world, including, including your own life, eventually is in the service of attaching you only to and directing all your desire only at the one who can satisfy those desires. So while he may, uh, however this looks in heaven, give us these things or, you know, of the fulfillment of the things that we see in shadow form on this earth that we love, like our dog, our house, our family, etc. Um, what we're really looking for in all those things is God and his love. And so until we're stripped of everything but that, we we aren't ready, you know. And so that's what he ended up realizing was like, God will not be made a means to some other end. He is the end itself. And that's heaven is to be with him. Uh, regardless of whatever else I have or whoever else I'm with, that's it. And then the rest is gravy. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to writing a talk or something like that, I think about it all the time. I think... Should I waste time and watch this? Sometimes what will keep me from wasting time or keep me from, you know, neglecting prayer is that I know I have to give a talk tomorrow or tonight and I don't want to be a hypocrite, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, or people will be able to tell my, from the shallowness that I'm not living this out. Who knows? Maybe that's a Maybe that's a good enough reason for God. I don't know. That's heaven and the rest is gravy. That's another good T-shirt. Good T-shirt, yeah. That's a good T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like I realized, and then I, I probably will have to go after this, but I was treating God like a coworker. It's like, hey, I'm working for you, and like this is what you, this is the work you want me to do. So I go and see him like a boss, and and then he'd tell me what I need to do for the day. Like, here's your to-do list, and I'd be like, hey, thanks, boss. Let me go. Check these off the list. And then, but he's like, dude, I'm your lover. I, like, I love you. I'm, I'm not your boss. I mean, I, I want you to do my will, and, but it's ultimately for union with me. And yeah, I saw him like a teammate. Hey, we're, we're working on this together instead of like, he, he wants to love me. Mm. So yeah, I'm, that's, that's something I've, I'd like to well, just return to, honestly. Um, just let him love me there. So yeah. You said you went to go and see him like a boss. and Like I, he was my boss. <laughs> I know, but it made me picture you like strutting <laughs> into the chapel. Like, I'm going to go see him like a boss. Yeah. Like a boss. <laughs> Listen, JC. Okay, let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's good stuff, Matt. It's good yeah. grace, man. Congratulations again. Yeah, yeah. thanks. And to hey, Michael for winning the T-shirt. Yeah, Please Michael, check out the show notes for the link and buy a shirt. Michael, thanks there. for all your work on this competition. Congratulations! <laughs> Congratulations to, to both Michael. Michaels. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Yeah, buy Michael. a T-shirt. They're awesome. I'm thinking about buying one myself. <laughs> Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. And fear down below.
Spanky dogs. Spanky dogs. Good girl.